Welcome to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. Here is your host, Bill Faith. Hey, short-term rental pros, this is Bill Faith. I want to tell you about a secret weapon that I've been using for quite some time to build my email list. There's nothing that does it faster and also helps us relieve the dependence on the OTAs, Airbnb and VRBO, then StayFi. If you've never heard of StayFi, it's just, it's a platform that connects to your router to where when guests check in, not just the booking guests, but every guest, they log into it to access your Wi-Fi. Just like when you stay at a hotel or you'd walk into a coffee shop. It's super simple, there's no friction, but most importantly, this allows you to grow your email list by your occupancy rate and not just by the booker. So you can do it four times faster, six times faster, or in my case, 10 to 15 times faster. There is a reason that I do 41% direct bookings. It's because I use a platform like StayFi to build my email list so fast, and then I have my 200-day funnel to go in and actually bring them back to stay with me again and again. Impressive, right? So here's the bonus. No contracts needed. All you need to do is use my name, the code Bill, B-I-L-L, for an exclusive 50% off your first three months with StayFi. And this is not just about attracting new guests, it's about transforming one-time visitors into lifelong ambassadors and return guests. So check it out. StayFi, it's my secret weapon, and I want it to be yours as well. Look, to lock in your StayFi discount and start cultivating your engaged guest list, go to stayfi.com slash bill. That's stayfi.com slash bill. Yep, that's my name, and watch your booking soar. Hey, welcome back to SDR Unfiltered. I'm Bill Faith, your host, and this lovely lady sitting to my left is Natalie Palmer. Natalie, how are you? I'm not even supposed to call you Natalie Palmer anymore, am I? What do you mean? Did you have a name change on your email? I get a different last name on your Oh, email. that's that's my maiden name. Natalie okay, gotcha. Palmer is my current married name. Yes. Awesome. So, <laughs> Natalie, I haven't seen you. Holy smokes. It's been like four or five months, San Diego. It's been a while. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I know we're both gearing up for our our conferences, so it's a it's crunch time right now for both of us, but it's great to talk with you. It's a freaking nightmare, to be honest with you. People have no, we are just, you know, we are just, for those of you that are listening, we are just chatting about the challenges of trying to run a super high level conference. It's not easy, is it? No, but yours is, yours is 10 times the size of ours. So I can't even compare. <laughs> ours is, I was telling you, is a fucking nightmare. It's, I, I may not do it again because of it's a year long deal and it's such a time suck. It just takes away from my family and my business. It's some, But here's the problem. It's something I've always wanted. I've always wanted to have this mega conference. And now I've built the largest one in our industry. And I'm like, I don't know that I really want this. So I don't know what the future of SCR Wealth Conference is, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, Tatiana and I have the same conversation. My background was actually as a wedding planner. So when I got into short-term rentals, I still in the back of my mind had like, I have to do an event. I have to plan something. And now we're going into year two. And I feel the same way. It's put so many other projects on the back burner. It's such a time suck. And again, ours is 300 people. Yours is 3,000. Yours is 10 times bigger. I can't even imagine. But I, I still feel the same way. It's very, events are so tough and the margins are so thin. It's hard. You know, 95% of events lose money for the first four to five years. 45? Four to five years. Oh, like 45 years. Okay. For the first four to five years. I will say we didn't, we did not lose money. We haven't lost money yet, but we have not turned a profit either. So it's tough. 
Tell. Yeah, I'm just, it's, it's hard to scale. I'll tell you, you know, Chris and I ran the first two events essentially by ourselves. And this one, I mean, I'm literally going to spend 200 grand just on the planning staff, you know, to put, to put this together. So, and it's a lady I used, she used to work for me because I have my own destination management company. She was a former president of MPI meeting professional. She's the best. And because I wanted to put on the absolute best event. But it's there's no way Chris and I could have done all the logistics and the rigging and the staging. I mean, are you a Swifty by chance? Of course, absolutely. I, I am too. That's all I listen to, actually. <laughs> Guns N' Roses, Metallica was so like 20 years ago. <laughs> now it's like I was in my hot tub by myself. My wife's on a flight home right now from setting up two houses in the OBX. And I called her at like 11 o'clock East Coast time. She's all, what are you doing? I can hear the jets. She's all, I can also hear Welcome to New York. Are you actually <laughs> listening to Swift? In the hot tub by yourself. I said, yeah, I've got a glass of wine too. You Are know, you in your 1989 era right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, my, I mean, look, I got two daughters that are just every day consumed with her. My literally, my wife was out of town last Sunday. You know what we did the first time ever? I have a 14 year old and 18 year old. We sat on the couch and watched a full half of football, a full half of football. I'm watching the Chiefs game. They're yep. waiting for Taylor to come up like this. As you said, you're watching football with your 14 and 18 year old daughter. I'm like, it had to be a Chiefs game, right? How, what Taylor else? Taylor Swift was engaged? playing on Alexa in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. It was it's crazy. So I will tell you, since you're a Swifty, I did get the greatest Christmas present award ever in Montana the week before Christmas. We had Christmas there because my youngest daughter hates Montana. She hates going to. She hates going to any of our our short term rentals. So. I tried to buy Christmas from her to make her love Montana. So I had my guy do the lights on the outside, my cleaner set up the tree. And I, we had a bigger Christmas there than we did here on Christmas. But I handed her an envelope. She grabbed the last present was an envelope on the tree. And my oldest daughter's graduation gift was she got access to my Amex points from, you know, staging in all these houses. So we're taking the family to Europe. She wanted to go to Barcelona. And then my wife and I wanted to go to Italy and I want, I've never seen the Swiss Alps. So we're going through the Swiss Alps and we were either going to fly out of Munich or Zurich around the 7th or 8th of uh, July. And I decided I found flights to come back out of Zurich on the 8th or no, the 9th. So we get to Zurich on the 8th and we fly out on the 9th. But then I saw, holy shit, Taylor's playing on the 9th. <laughs> so literally the last Christmas present was four tickets, floor seats, Zurich, Switzerland for the Eras tour. Bill, can you adopt me or do you need to like hire an au pair or something? Because <laughs> if you need someone else to go, I volunteer. I am. I, I'm pretty excited about that. This is the first time publicly I've ever said that I'm a Swifty, actually. But I'm, I, I dig her music and I have a little bit of connection. Her, she was a client of mine when I owned my ground transportation space. Uh, never Ooh. got to meet her that way, but got became pretty close with her mom, uh, Andrea. Just a great family. They're super classy. Everything you hear about her, 100% true. Love, love me some Taylor Swift. Wow. This is music to my ears. I love her too. We are like five minutes in and haven't talked, I know. All we've talked about, about you, is Taylor Swift and events. co-hosting or real estate. <laughs> so why don't you do an intro for my audience? If, they, if you guys don't know who Natalie Palmer is, you've been living under a rock. You should be following her on Instagram. She's an amazing woman, an amazing co-host, a mother. Those are the most important things to me, but tell them about you professionally and like where you're well, from and all that good stuff. Thank you so much, Bill. Um, so my background is I've been hosting for six years now, and all my properties that I manage are in Big Bear, California, ski resort town in SoCal. And I co-host right now 10 properties. And the way that I've kind of grown my business is I almost accidentally fell into like managing it boutique motel style because 
Every property that I manage is in the same condo complex. And so we have the same cleaning team. We do laundry in the same unit and everything. It's just very, very optimized. And it really grew that way on accident. I never did any marketing to grow my co-hosting business. It just all was word of mouth because it's so localized that I just all the neighbors who bought up there would recommend me to be their manager and everything. And then my husband and I also own one of the condos there. And then I also managed two for my parents up there. So we've just kind of got a little um, mini monopoly on this one condo complex in Big Bear, and it does really well. And now I would love to get into the boutique motel game because I feel like I kind of have run this like a boutique motel. There's just so many efficiencies I found where, you know, somebody inquires about one unit and it's already booked and it's like, well, I've got nine others that are almost identical to this and we're able to move people around. If there's a burst pipe or anything, chances are I've got a vacancy in at least one of them and I can move people. And so I've turned down so many co-hosting opportunities across Big Bear because I'm so specialized now in this one condo complex that to add any other property in Big Bear, I'd have to get an entire other cleaning team and handyman. So yeah, that's that's kind of how we've grown the business. It's small, it's tight, but it is extremely profitable and just so easy to operate. It takes me 10 minutes a day and I, I love it. So those last three things that you said, easy, profitable, 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Easy, profitable, 10 minutes a day for everybody out there. You hear so many people that co-host that complain about the owners, the statements, the cleaners, the this, the that. And I see there, there's a lot of people that teach co-hosting in our industry, Natalie, as you know, and a lot of them teach kind of this almost like wholesale approach on like wholesaling on how to acquire customers. And I didn't know until just now that I knew you were all in Big Bear, but I didn't know you were concentrated into condos in one building. I mm -hmm. love. So I just had a, a coaching call with somebody this morning that's in Vegas that wants to start co-hosting. And he has a large property beachfront in Fort Morgan, Alabama, where I, I own a property just down the street from him. And I'm like, dude, forget about where you live and the MGM and all that. And tried to go and get the, he wanted to do like Lake Las Vegas and MGM and all this stuff. Go to like the high revenue place and just stay within like one or two miles of your beachfront yes. property and use your beachfront property as, as a case study. Yes. I think that's kind of what you did, right? Because you, if exactly. we go way back for Natalie, how, tell them how you got started with your parents and that type yep. of stuff. Yep. Here's how I got started. So my parents growing up, they had a second home in Big Bear that we grew up going to. And just as my sister and I grew up, we stopped going as a family. We were in college. And then I got, you know, the hosting itch or whatever it was. And I was like, Mom, Dad, can I put this on Airbnb? Pretty please. And then once I oh, they weren't them, renting it at that time, it was just straight no, strictly home. second home. Yeah. And I just, you know, right out of the gate came up with I didn't even know what a co-host was, but I guess I was their co-host. Like I just started taking commission. We operated it for one winter season. And from that one season, they made enough that they decided to put a down payment on a second condo there. One came up for sale and they're like, easy, you've proved that this works. We're buying another one. Will you manage this? And then in that time of setting up that second property, I had neighbors start approaching and they were like, you guys are booked all the time. I have a management company. They're not doing anything like what's going on. Can you take over? And so, again, I didn't even know what a co-host was, had never heard that term, but I just began co-hosting the same commission structure I was doing with my parents, copy and pasted it to these owners. And that's how everything grew. Um, and I agree with you 100% because one of the biggest things I hear from current STR operators is I really want to be a co-host, but I feel like I have to grow it somewhere else or I'm going to compete with my own listing. That is so, so, so false. That was my proof, my case study, like you said, to get all of these owners. 
again, I've never spent a dollar in marketing or advertising or anything to grow my co-hosting business. It was literally neighbors walking over saying, why are you guys booked all the time? Your cleaner is here every other day. You're, I see people coming and going constantly, like manage my place. They didn't even need to see our numbers or anything like that. It was easiest sales I've ever had to make in my life. It's a live case study, right? And a very similar story, sons, the parent side, uh, happened to me in Gulf Shores. And that's how I started co-hosting as well. And I think a lot of people think that they need to go and pick a different market. A lot of people are coached that you need to kind of blanket approach everything and then take what you what you get and put it. In. I think we can be choosy, to be honest with you, if you have that first case study. That's why I believe that for those of you that are just getting started, that don't have any money to buy, that are maybe trying to get out of a W-2, maybe don't even have a job, whatever it is. I mean, I think, how old were you, Natalie, when you started? You were very young. Were you like 20, 21? I was 24. Yeah, 24. 24 when you started? I'm 30 now and I've been doing it six years. So 24. Awesome. I mean, I think that the thing that I love about your story and even kind of the way that I got started, I mean, I used to, I, I had some money. I spent 126 grand on my first property. I grew my entire portfolio, 19 million today doing a million net. I just broke a million dollars net this year, which is actually was a goal of mine because I did 997 yeah. last year. I did oh, a million. That's gotta suck. <laughs> that? 997. That sucks. <laughs> I did a million 80 this year in, in 2023. Wow. So I was able to break it. My goal was to do a million. And I want everybody to understand Natalie was like fresh out of college, right? And you had no experience and you took it over for your parents and you built something that other people wanted. You built something that other people wanted. When you do that, you don't have to sell. Your clients come to you. For those of you that are looking to break into co-hosting, you don't have to go buy other co-hosting companies. You don't have to go do that stuff. What you do need to do is you do need to build the case study. That, in my opinion, is the most important component. Natalie could share her numbers, but in the case for her, because she's staying so concentrated, she didn't have to. They saw what was going on mm -hmm. and they knew that she was outperforming them, right? Mm -hmm. So I look at this entire business. People say, well, Bill, you're Bill and you have the conference and blah, 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 blah. I didn't when I started. Everything that I advise you to do, Natalie lived it. And we've never even discussed this before. That's what I'm excited about this conversation because I built my business, this business, the coaching business, the information business, whatever we want to call it, the exact same way that I would build the co-hosting business through that very first case study. If anybody goes into my Build Short-Term Rental Wealth Facebook group, go into the search bar and type in Bella Vista case study. That's what I launched this entire business with. And I've never even had to use that for co-hosting because people have seen the results, right? So. I want to go to back to Big Bear for a second. And I, I just want to, I want to kind of get off topic real quick. Are you concerned about what's going on in California and Big Bear for Airbnbs or short-term rentals there right now? Yes. Very. Yes. I've been sounding the alarm for probably a year and a half. I would not buy in Big Bear uh, if anyone is listening. And I'm not just saying that to like weed out my own competition. I promise this comes from a good place. I would not buy there. The property, two that my parents own and the one that we operate, those are profitable because of the mortgage we have, the payment on that. Unfortunately, I do have owners that I manage for who they just finished doing their taxes and they were like, hey, you made more than we did and we're the owners. Can you lower your commission? What is going on? And I have to tell them like, I'm sorry, but no, you know, I have certain owners who bought their place in cash or inherited it and it's been paid off for years. It takes me the same amount of work to manage it, whether 
you owe money on it or not. Like I can't change my commission because of that. But it's really hard for people who bought last year. I know it's 21, 22 have 8% interest rates. Yeah, it's it's hard. And Big Bear too. I don't want to get like too localized because I know that you have an audience that's all over the country. But Big Bear specifically, they've put in so many policies that are just straight up anti-tourism that don't make any sense. And I live, I don't live in Big Bear. I live about two hours from my listings in Orange County. And so I how have do I get drunk. my key from you physically to check in? <laughs> how do you get the key? No, I actually still have owners today when they're like, wait, you're going to co-host my place and you live two hours away? How? Like, don't worry, we got this. Right. Um, but I've heard sentiment down the mountain. I will literally go to Target or Starbucks and I will overhear people saying like, yeah, we were thinking of going to Big Bear, but I just heard somebody got evicted because their dog was barking. I've heard these conversations and I know the policy up there. 100% it's true. They will evict your stay if your dog is barking too loud. It's it, They just completely are so anti-tourism right now. I think it's starting to shift a little bit. We had a big city council meeting back in August that it seemed like city council recognized that they are losing tourist dollars and tax money on this. But by the time they change policies, it takes so long to undo that damage and change the sentiment down the mountain of L.A., O.C. and San Diegans right. coming up. So it's it's going to be a while to recover. Yeah, it's tough. Do not. Do you guys have a local SDR association there? We do. We do. And they are very, very actively engaged. I'm very grateful for them. Our Facebook group is really on top of it. There are so many hosts that show up to every single city council meeting. So it's a really good community. But it's it's crazy how a few bad policies, the ripple effect. Again, I think it's going to be two or three years before we really rebound there. Like, it, comes, it comes quickly, too. Those, I mean, we don't talk a whole lot about this type of regu regulatory component. I can tell you, I lived through it with Uber. I've lived through it through Airbnb. If you are in a market, if you just look at Philadelphia, look at Dallas, you look at Honolulu, you look at these things that have happened. Now what's happening in Big Bear, it really started just over a year ago and not probably in September, October, when that legislation was coming down and what they wanted to do before that first city council meeting in Big Bear. I have some mastermind members that own there. So I was very, very in tune with it. And that the problem, the problem at that time is, you know, it was the association wasn't very active when this first came down. Correct. If this stuff is any market that it doesn't have 30 or 40 years of history of regulatory components behind it, this is going to happen at some point, right? It just is. So if you own in a market that does not have an association that doesn't have 20, 30, 40 years worth of history of being regulated, you need to put your association together now. And let me explain to you why. Because here's what happens. You literally get somebody in that market, let's just use Big Bear that has influence, business owner, millionaire, whatever. Kardashians, doesn't matter, but they, they know somebody that sits on the city council board. All it takes is them to have a relationship with one person that will write a bill. And if that one board member is willing to write the bill, then he backdoors that to other friends that are on the city council board. And it goes to the first reading and you have no fucking idea. And then that's when you find out about it and you have a week to mobilize yes. before it gets to second reading. And if you can't get that deferred at second reading, it's voted on and you're fucked. That's the way that city councils work. Yes. Right. So I have learned have this the hard to, way. <laughs> you have to organize and make sure that you have a legitimate organization. Reach out to rent responsibly, get some backing, mm -hmm. get some help with some people. Don't wait for this to happen because it's going to happen in every single market mm -hmm. at some point. 100%. And everything you said is so spot on. You guys, Parks and Recreation, I love that show. 
That is not a comedy. That is a documentary of how of how local politics actually functions. Okay, like watch it and take notes and learn from it. That is literally how things go down. We will get an email and it's like, oh, we just added these three uh, things that are being proposed on and we're voting on it in seven days. Hope to see you at the meeting. That's it. It's it's brutal. I mean, I was battling Uber in the ground transportation space in Nashville in 2011, 12, 13. And in 13, I was at city council almost, I don't want to say every Tuesday, but I probably missed less than five in a year. So we're talking like 45 to 50 meetings. And about the second half of the year, I kept seeing these Airbnb bills coming up. And I owned some condos, you know, long-term rents. And that's when I made the decision when I got in, I wouldn't invest into Nashville because it was like the most volatile that I'd ever seen. It was worse than the Uber and Lyft, the whole TNC thing. It's going to happen everywhere. I mean, I could go through, you name a city, like, especially if you're in an urban area, you know, Nashville, Philadelphia, Dallas, Honolulu, Los Angeles, you just name it. Palm Springs has regular, it's just, it's everywhere. So I'm going to take a step back for a second. And you talked about economies of scale and just muted myself. Economies of scale are really hard to achieve in this industry. The second part of this is the mindset that you brought up. A lot of people have questioned you, why would you want to co-host in the same market and co-host against yourself? Why would you want to co-host in the same building against yourself? I know what the real answer is, but will you explain your position on that to the listeners? Yeah, there's been so many benefits of doing this. Um, I do not feel like we are competing with ourselves at all. Um, first things first is all the 10 properties we manage, all these 10 condos, we've designed them very differently. They each do speak to a different avatar. They're the same layout and everything. So like I said, if there is a broken furnace or something, we can move people. They're fairly interchangeable. But at least from a booking perspective, they all have something different. Some of them we've gone into like the cottage core vibe, like very, very cabiny. And then some of them are much more modern. So that's one thing is we do make them all stand out in their own way. But having multiple has helped so much. Um, for our size property, you really cannot find a cleaner in Big Bear. I would say 125 is the cheapest you could expect to pay. More realistically, 150 to 175. For are they like two bedrooms or what are they? Two bed, two bath, 800 square feet. And we have negotiated down. We pay our cleaner $90 per cleaning because we give her so much business. She shows up and she knocks out six units, you know, in a few hours. So just because of that bulk capacity that she's able to do, we have really negotiated so much lower of a cleaning fee. So that helps our owners, helps us as well. Um, when it comes to like restocking things, we can just do a huge Costco run. And instead of having to buy like a giant thing of toilet paper, you know, for one unit and have this full supply closet, we can just go unit to unit and drop off a few toilet paper rolls here, a few here. It really does operate like a like a boutique hotel. Who, who does the Costco run, the cleaner or you? Oh, I have not been to Big Bear in like over a year. So definitely not me. Um, I try to Amazon everything that I can to my cleaner's right. house. And she's pretty good about taking things. Does she um, charge you additionally to receive and store? Or is that worked into the to the rate? No, the only time she would is if um, like if a coffee maker breaks or something and I need her to go make a special trip to deliver it. You know, we would pay for that run for her labor and time with that. But other than that, just the general restocking, she's she's bringing that, making it convenient when she's restocking those yeah, units. We, ours, all of ours do the exact same thing, but you and I both see these people in the Facebook group. Oh, my cleaner won't do this extra stuff. They show up, they clean, they take the towels, blah, blah, blah. That's it. They won't do any, they, won't, they don't want to do a welcome bag. They don't want to no. do any of the amenities. They won't run the target for me to replace that care of whatever it is. Well, I keep telling people you got the wrong fucking cleaner. You, you do. Know what you're doing that. Do you agree? 
Yes, absolutely. And here's my biggest tip for hiring cleaners. I don't know if you've experienced this. I will never, ever, ever hire a cleaner that works at a cleaning company, or I would never hire like a cleaning company that has 40 cleaners under them because they just send whoever is on call that day. These people are not getting to know your property. Somebody stole something. They don't know. They walk in and they've never seen this place either. So they don't know what's missing. Um, My tip is always to try and find like a local, the best cleaners we've had have been like, we had a woman who her kids, she had been a cleaner 18 years ago, had kids, was out of the workforce, wanted to get back in. And then her fiance was a handyman and they showed up together. They'd be cleaning together. And then she'd be like, Jeff, the towel rack is broken. Come to this unit and fix it. And he would drop cleaning and go fix that. That's the best situation you can ever have. Those people are so loyal to you and they don't work for anyone else. Like they, that is the best situation you can have. I got um, a call this morning, Natalie, at 6.17 a.m. my time. 6.17 a.m. I almost didn't answer it, but I recognized the area code. It was 251, which means it's the Gulf Coast. Okay. And we're finishing up a $300,000 remodel and I've got photos on Sunday. I'm like, I better take that. And I'm by myself. And so I answer it and the guy's like, hey, is this, is this Bill Faith? I'm like, yes, who's calling? This is whatever his name was. This is Home Depot. We're going to, your washer and dryer. I'm going to be there in 30 minutes. I'm like, dude, it's 6, 17 a.m. I like to get an early start. Click. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I literally had to text my cleaner. It's 6, 17. I said, I, can you, I need somebody at the house in like 30 minutes. She, they live 30 minutes away. No cleaners can afford to live where we own yeah. properties, right? Yep. So literally she made it. I called the guy back. I said, hey, I need 45 minutes. You know, it's going to be 7 a.m. and I can have somebody there to meet you. All right, I'll wait for five minutes. And I had to call her back. Hey, Wesley, her brother is the handyman. Get Wesley's ass out of bed and get him in the car like in five minutes because the guy's only going to wait for five minutes. And literally they did it. Because I take such good care of them. Similarly to you, instead mm-hmm. of having all my all condos in one area, you know, I've given them about 17 properties through my owned, my co-host, and my mastermind for them to be able to clean. So the loyalty is there. And the thing that I find, and the reason I ask is because a lot of people, as I said earlier, bitch and complain in the in social media that their cleaners won't do any of those extracurricular activities. And mine don't charge me either. I don't have one. And remember, I'm in different markets all over yeah. the country. And I'm very fortunate, but you know what we do do? We do take care of them. So we will bonus them. And a lot of times it's not money. It's different. Like this, the one in Michelle in Gulf Shores, we went to the Guns N' Roses concert uh, here in Nashville when they came in like July. And then they were playing in Mississippi, like 90 minutes away from Gulf Shores. And I saw her post something on her Facebook page about wanting to go. And she's like, hey, does anybody know where to get cheap tickets? So I literally went and bought her like second or third row center stage two tickets mm-hmm. so she could take a friend with her, you know, to go. And that was so much more meaningful. That's why like five, 600 bucks for the two tickets. So much more meaningful than me giving her five or 600 bucks. I agree. Because- we, we had a case. Um, Christmas to New Year's is our busiest time every year. We're in a ski resort town and that week is always slammed. And we had a situation a couple of years ago where um, one of the units like the permit didn't get renewed in time for Christmas we couldn't rent and our cleaner had cleaned it that day somebody checked out like on December 23rd and she knew it was going to be open for the week and she was like yeah my son is coming to visit me for this whole week our our place is so crammed something like that I'm not even sure where we're going to have Christmas dinner and we told her like stay here for the week we can't rent it anyway just stay at this place for the week and she was so grateful for that and like her son came they ended up inviting the cousins and 
just hosted the whole family there. But stuff like that really is, I don't know, that's like the side of hosting, you know, that gets left out of like all the podcasts and and conferences and everything. But there's such an impact you can have on your community with things like that. So you can, we we have the ability to fundamentally change people's lives. My cleaner Mm -hmm. had like five con one, two bedroom condos she was cleaning. Now all she's doing is like beachfront properties and five, six bedrooms. And she go, she went from like the 90 bucks a clean yeah. to where now she has like four or five crews and her average cleaning fees probably close to 500 bucks. Right. And I know what she pays because I've helped her with her model and I know how much money she just bought two and a half acres. And she's probably my age, maybe a little bit younger than me, forties or fifties. She just bought her first house like a legit house she lived in a mobile home with her grandkids with her daughter with her brother now she has her own house on two acres that's pretty freaking awesome we need these people to be at these city council meetings and like tell their stories because it's always investors painted as the bad guys but gosh i mean our painter our handyman our snow plower our plumber our cleaner like all these people have such incredible stories of working for the short-term rental industry and that side just never gets shown what do you think would happen to the number one traffic driver, the ski resort, if all the vacation rentals went away? Gone. I know. I it's it blows my mind, Bill. Like these policies just don't even make sense. And I in certain towns where there's you know an affordable housing crisis or something, I can understand that not every town is meant for vacation rentals. But a place like Big Bear, it is literally a vacation rental town. The entire industry is tourism. It's just crazy to me how five people can end up on city council there. And we have one city council member that I think all the hosts would agree, like she she knows her shit and she will rep us and defend us. But the other four, I'm like, how how do you guys represent a tourist town and you don't understand the value of tourism? It's crazy. They don't care. They're probably get off my lawn people, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's yeah. why everybody needs to band together early. This is kind of fun. I thought we were going to talk about co-hosting the entire I know. like 10%, which is actually awesome. I love to hear about your story and your life and what you're doing. If you guys do want to learn more about co-hosting, come to the SDR Wealth Conference February 5th through the 8th. Natalie and I will be doing a breakout session. I believe it's on Tuesday, uh, specifically about co-hosting. And we're going to give you everything that you need to do, how to do, how to acquire co-hosting clients, how to build out the business model, how to manage them, how Natalie is literally spending like 10 minutes a day managing 10 properties. These are the things that you want to learn. Uh, and we'll, Natalie and I'll be delivering that at the conference. Now, Natalie, you actually have a conference coming up, I think, is it in March or April? Yes, March 11th, 12th, and 13th in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, It's Level Up. Women only, right? You know, we've had to relax on that a little bit. It was originally branded as a women-only conference, and I'm not kidding. We had so many guys message us that were like, wait, what the hell? I really want to go to this. So we've relaxed it a little bit, but I will say this is not a place to go to, like, pick up girls, okay? Like, be respectful. I don't know. Kim Kim wants the single you know, party, right? Where, when's the singles <laughs> night happening? Kim, okay, we can find it. We can find a place for like an offsite singles mixer, but it's just, it's a really like special conference. I feel like, especially for women, I think a lot of us have a lot of insecurities about asking like a stupid question in a room or something like that. And I don't know, it's, we only have hosted one so far. We had it for the first time last year and the quality of questions and just how comfortable people felt in the room. So a lot of tears, a lot of opening up about how we feel taken advantage of by guests and certain things. And I don't think you always get those conversations when people are just talking about how to raise capital and structure deals. So it's a lot more of the emotional side of hosting that we touch on with a lot of practical tips. I I love our conference. So 
I know we both talked before we were recording about how events are tough and they're not necessarily profitable, but I think Tatiana, my partner and I, we would both be heartbroken to give it up because we we really believe in this conference. So I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I wish I could go to your conference. I will be on spring break with my kids <laughs> in Montana, but you guys should definitely check it out. Where What's your website? How do they find the conference? Levelupyourlistingsummit.com. And if you guys want to put code STR unfiltered, you'll get $100 off your ticket. Awesome. There you have it, listeners. Make sure you use STR unfiltered as your code. Save 100 bucks. I mean, who doesn't love going to Scottsdale in March? I know. It's I mean, training. You can you can go see some baseball while you're there. It's going to be beautiful. I'm telling you right now, the tempura lobster appetizer at Ocean's 44 is like in my top three anywhere in the country. I love Ocean's 44, by the way. Okay. I will have to try that. The tempura. You haven't been there? No. Oh my God. It's the, the Mastro family that started the original Mastro's. They okay. sold and then they opened up Ocean and it's awesome. It is spectacular. When I was there, I had a war room meeting there. When was I there? I guess it was in May or June. And we stayed at the W and then we had a dinner there. I mean, I just, that's probably one of my top five restaurants in the country. You're missing out. You need to, you need to go check Ocean's it out. 44. There's this other place in Scottsdale, Maple and Ash, that Tatiana and I have made a tradition of going to every year. But we can we can squeeze in an Ocean's 44 visit. I went well. to Maple and Ash when I was there last time. I, I'm a food. I love food. I mean, I Me like too. I go to Vegas. I could care less about the casinos, the gambling. Give me a great show like a Cirque du Soleil, and I just want to eat my way around the celebrity. at the win. I could spend all day there. Awesome. Well, Natalie, I look forward to seeing you in about four weeks at the conference. Thanks for joining me today. Everybody that's out there, hopefully uh, you got some value out of this. Reach out to Natalie. We'll have a link to her uh, her conference if you need tickets. Use the code Filter to save 100 bucks down in the show notes. Thanks for joining us. Happy hosting, everybody. Thank you. The STR Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Market My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Market My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. Thank you for listening to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit.